In the business world, mergers and acquisitions are very common, especially in industries such as banks and the airlines. In years past, even cell phone companies, once upon a time, there were many of them, and now they're just a handful in most countries. And that's because these phone companies have merged down into usually two or three dominant players. But in Web3, exchanges and other institutions such as that regularly come together, especially what we've seen this year with a lot of companies going bankrupt, being insolvent, the stronger players in the game are acquiring them. However, when it comes to NFTs, did you know that projects besides Yuga Lab owned entities are merging and acquiring other properties as well? We're going to discuss why acquiring an NFT project might seem like a very good option today. Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real world value. One of the biggest headlines in Web3 for the entire year was when Yuga Labs acquired the CryptoPunks and MeBits. Because until that point, Bored Ape and CryptoPunks were always flip-flopping for dominance, which everyone had the most sales, the highest floor price, and so forth. And although the two communities could not be more far apart, their utilities, and everything about them, they were constantly compared to each other. So people really thought this was going to be some sort of competition issue or whatever it would be, as if two competing companies such as airlines or banks were becoming one and going to raise their prices or something. I don't know exactly how people had that assumption, but that was what the talks were after that. But in this market right now, we're seeing a lot more companies start to do things like that. And the reason for that is all these low prices that we're currently seeing this year was absolutely brutal for crypto, the stock market, housing. Honestly, anything with value has been falling. However, with NFTs, the crazy year that we saw in 2021, it's like everything came back down to earth. Some had a softer landing than others, and some just completely crashed and burned. However, the trip to the moon was cut very short. And although some of these astronomical prices have come down, the communities could be very strong in some of these. And a lot of these projects actually built some pretty cool things as far as IP, the tech that they're actually developing on the back end, how they're doing this thing to service their communities, the different utilities that they're offering or benefits of being a part of that. Some of them have huge tokenomic systems and just really innovative things that are giving that project value. However, with everything falling in value, it's very hard to tell the winners and the losers from the price alone because there's some projects out there that have literally done nothing. They're just selling the art just as if we're still in the bull market, but for whatever reason, those prices are staying up. And then there's some amazing projects that are doing some great things, especially 3D projects, I think are extremely undervalued. For whatever reason, people don't really know exactly how to price them or they don't value them as much. All the different tech and the IP that you can use to create characters and movies and scenes and all that, it is definitely undervalued. And in my opinion, simply because the market has not understood how to price them as yet. And with that said, a lot of projects, when they're shopping around, seeing how they're going to partner with a different entity or maybe even acquire them or merge with them, that's where things get really interesting because low prices does not necessarily always mean it is the best value or the best deal. There's a lot of factors that goes into it, such as the strength of the community, the utilities that are being offered, the tech, the management team, and so forth. So just using a quick example of one of the latest ones that I was actually looking at was when the Bulls and Apes project acquired the Bulls on the blockchain. Well, just the names alone, you can see they're both Bulls. Well, I spoke about Bulls and Apes just 
quite a lot. If you search through this podcast and all the different shows and episodes, even recently this week, I did something just explaining their lore and everything. I do a lot of content on that. So I'm not going to go into all that. But if you look at Bulls on the blockchain, it honestly looks like it would be the 2D character versions, a flat version of the art of what they would be. And you do a little bit of research into the company, how they were established, the goals of the community, what was going on there. You can see where there's a lot of parallels. And the floor price just a couple months ago was absolutely at rock bottom. So it was a great time for them to have that acquisition for those two communities to come together. Because as I said, the art is very similar. The names at least have the bulls in them. The artwork complement each other. And there's a lot of overlap between these two communities. So it absolutely makes sense that this historical project, quote unquote historical project, that has a lot of sales in the past, which has basically slowed down, has hit some rough times, would go with this project that is only six months old. However, it is still building a huge business based on the track record of the founding team and all the things that they're doing is just absolutely amazing and it's just crazy. So to think that they're going to acquire this Bulls in the Black project and integrate it with all those things that they have, there's a lot of benefits and overlap and there's mutual benefits from both communities and sets of holders. And if nothing else, if you were the person that was holding a Bulls on the Block NFT prior to this merger or this acquisition, I should say, just look at the floor price. Trading volume and interest has spiked dramatically since being taken over by the new management. And that is not to say that the past management was doing a terrible job, what have you. But remember, there's different skill sets, especially in different markets. Some people are great at coming up with concepts and ideas, doing the art, telling some stories. But when it comes to actually running a business and sustaining that value over time and just the difference between a bull market and a bear market, because really anyone can be successful in a bull market. It takes someone who has experience, some real backbone, some teams behind them with just amazing ideas. They have weathered storms before built companies sold companies well to be able to weather what we're currently going through right now takes a completely different skill set than launching a project in a bull market but at the day it really comes down to value because if you are someone who has a huge team you have experience you have this project that is obviously thriving floor prices going up so much is going on it is a happy vibrant community well why even take on quote-unquote dead weight and bring them into the project and as I said, if goals and everything else that I spoke about earlier are online, that's why it makes sense. But when it comes to value now, this is where things get really interesting because you can't just look at the price and say, okay, that is a great value. And this is something, a trap that I fell into when I first started to learn about the stock market and what have you. Because when I was looking at the IBMs at the time, eBay, AOL, those were like the hot stocks in the world. And as a college student, I mean, I could not afford to do that. So I was looking at these things and just really dancing around the fence. And I got the bright idea as to why don't I look at some pink sheets, some penny stocks, and rather than looking at these blue chips, that I could make money with penny stocks. Well, here's the thing. There is a reason why they are penny stocks, right? There is no CEO, no company, board of directors, or anything that says, hey, you know what? I think it would be great for our stocks to be a penny stock. No, it is not planned. It is not intentional. That is the reason why they're not listed on the major exchanges or recommended by analysts or anything of that nature is because it's a completely different game. Usually, a stock becomes a penny stock because it is absolutely bad management. It's not like how what we're seeing in crypto with say like Doge or Shiba Inu or some of these, which just by sheer volume, the thing will probably never hit like a $10 valuation or something. There's so many tokens out there. But when it comes to stocks, although some companies have millions or even billions of stocks, the price in theory 
is a reflective is a reflection of how well that business is being run, the types of profit that you're generating. But if you know anything about finance, the market is not always rational. We like to think it is. Everything is baked into the price and everything moves accordingly. However, people, human beings that's behind this thing, we're irrational beings. And because of that, even with all this computer trading and all these algorithms running around, prices don't always move logically. But the thing about prices is also separating value and price. When I say that is, for example, Let's use something that we can all relate to. We're going to step away from stocks. We're going to step away from NFTs and all this stuff that might not be as easy to see as this. The analogy that I'm going to use is a cell phone. So how much are you willing to pay for a cell phone? I'm sure if I ask a room of 100 people, I'm going to get answers ranging all over the place. You know, there's some people in my family that would probably say they don't want to spend more on a phone than a $50 banger that they can willingly lose, have jump into the pool or lose it at sea or any other crazy story to go with it. But then there's going to be some people that say, if it's not an iPhone, the latest and greatest, it doesn't even matter to them. They're not buying it. So it doesn't matter if the phone costs $1,400 or $14,000. They just want the best. But I'll tell you what, no matter where you fall on this whole range of phones and what have you, I bet you I can convince you to purchase a phone for $10,000. But here's where things are going to get even more interesting. The phone that I'm going to convince you to buy for $10,000 is an iPhone SE, which you can actually purchase right now, brand new, for $429 right on the Apple website. But here's the thing. I'm going to get you to say it would be a good buy to buy one of these, a used one, which is probably valued at least $100 less than this new one. And you're still going to say it is a great buy to buy this for $10,000. So let's give you a little bit of highlights about what's going on with this phone. And then I'm going to ask you if you're willing to pay $10,000 yet. First of all, this color of the phone is a rare color. Apple had a limited edition run. And rather than the millions that they usually produce in this color, there were only thousands. So with that, are you willing to pay $10,000 yet? Probably not. And I don't blame you because I definitely wouldn't. What if I tell you it has a case that is designed by a unique and very interesting up-and-coming NFT artist that is really making some waves and could go to the top any minute. This is the type of artist that could easily end up on the cover of magazines, being reported and interviewed on all these different shows. However, the artwork is just getting noticed today. This case happens to be designed with that artwork, and it comes already fitted to the phone. Are you willing to pay $10,000 yet? Although those things definitely does sound nice and does sound cool, I doubt you're willing to pay 10000 Now, this is where things are going to get a little bit interesting. What if I told you that on that phone is already installed MetaMask or another hot wallet, and within it, I have a Bored Ape, a CryptoPunk, and a MeBit. There's no way for me to transfer it out. There's no shenanigans going on. I'm not trying to trick you or scam you. Those things are within that wallet, and you'll have full access and ownership to it once you purchase that phone. I don't have the seed phrase written anywhere else. I will not have any kind of access to it whatsoever. Now, the question is, at this point, are you willing to pay $10,000 for this phone? And most likely, I'm willing to guess that you said yes. So what exactly changed? This is the same phone, remember, that is probably worth only about $300 because you can get a brand new one for $429. Well, the reason why this phone now seems cheap at $10,000 is because what it gives you access to. So essentially, you're not buying that phone, the iPhone SE, just to make phone calls or hopefully listen to this podcast. What you're buying it for is to access that wallet where the board ape the punk and the Mebit is located. And if you instantly transfer that out and just scrap the phone, it's still worth that $10,000 to you because the value within, you know you will at least 10X your money. 
So going back to the whole thing, cheap prices is not necessarily a reflection of value. So when it comes to these NFT projects, when these management teams are looking at it, seeing how these things are aligning, what can they actually bring to the table to further grow that community and the project, the IP, everything that they have built in the past? Well, what can they do? Do they have the teams and do they have the teams and skills in place to actually maximize the value of these two communities coming together or not? And those are the discussions that has to happen when a merger is about to take place. But even when it comes to an acquisition, a company or a person is getting ready to buy a project. Well, they have to ask the same questions in the sense that, well, can I extract this value from it? Because remember, Warren Buffett and all these investment gurus and experts that have made fortunes over decades and decades and have a proven track record, they all say the profit is made in the purchase. So as this bear market continues to wash out all of these different bad ideas and leadership teams, there's going to be countless projects with strong, vibrant communities that are just waiting and begging for a leader. Because being able to have a successful project last year, prices going up, things are minting out, royalties are streaming in, is completely different than doing that this year. So you might not be an artist, a developer that can write a single line of code. However, you might be someone that has lots of experience growing, scaling, and exiting businesses. Well, in that case, it would make a lot of sense to acquire an NFT project rather than starting one from scratch if you see one in which that you can leverage the IP, the community, and everything that was built before. In essence, you could have a year plus head start and you would not be starting from nothing. You'd be building upon infrastructure that in theory should be sound and ready to go. But with that said, I would love to know, what are the most interesting mergers and acquisitions that you've seen as far as NFT projects? Is there anything upcoming that has your attention? I would love to know. Please feel free to reach out to me at Tropic Vibes on Twitter or using the contact information in the show notes. But as usual, I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this as we're learning and building Web3 together. So until next time, later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.